When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. What up, guys? Welcome to another Powerhouse episode with Women of Impact, where unstoppable badass women, like my guest today, join me, Lisa Bilyeu, to share their incredible stories, exposing the painful lessons, and celebrate the wins to help women like you build your confidence. So today, I'm sitting with award-winning Dinah Jane from the chart-topping group Fifth Harmony to the unspoken emotional toll of an identity crisis. Dinah is courage and realness wrapped into one badass woman that changed the game. Guys, we all know how hard it is to change, and she takes us through the emotional journey of a young girl that learned to embrace her vulnerability and create her own identity. I know that we've all struggled with this, so her message and her story is so heartwarming. And in this conversation, Dinah underlines the importance of being proud of the woman you've become with zero shame of the woman you've been. Guys, Dinah's story is about knowing how to fall and get back up. Playing the nice girl by people pleasing can take millions of women down the path of self-destruction, pain and emotional or even physical abuse. So let's shake off the expectations and pressures of society and family starting right now. Leaving a comment or a review for this podcast. I know, I know, everyone says it, but it's actually true. And you have no idea how much it actually helps. Like no BS, it actually helps get other stories out there to reach more women so that we as part of this girl gang can really impact the globe together. So drop a review right now, my homie, and then listen to this episode with my girl, Dinah Jane. I wanted to be a badass woman who knows what she wants, who is confident in her choices. I wanted to be her. The girl in me was just still too afraid to speak up because I was afraid to step on anybody's toes. I didn't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Girl, what are you doing? Get up. Get up, get up. I've actually heard you say that you didn't actually have a backbone and you would let people push you around. And what I want to know is how the hell did you end up breaking all the nice girl habits in order to start saying no, to start drawing boundaries and to start actually standing up for yourself and letting go of all the expectations that have mm-hmm. been put on you? I've lived a lifestyle where I was very programmed of how to carry yourself or how to survive in this industry. So um, having a backbone wasn't really an option for me at the time. So um, I was used to people making decisions for me or telling me, oh, you have to do this. You have to do it. And there's times I didn't want to. So just being pushed around so many times, it was difficult to understand Um I mean, no one could really understand that I didn't want to do certain things. But uh, when it came down to my music of selecting songs that was supposed to be on my album, 
that was supposed to release in 2020. That's when I kind of put my foot down and I said, no, this is not how I want to release my first album. Uh, that's not my sound or that's not my story. Uh, that's kind of where I put my foot down finally because I got sensitive with what I create. Um, you can push me around everything else before, but when it came to the music, that's when I said enough. That's when, that's not where you're going to push me. Um, it was that. And I will say also it came with like my relationships, like who my friends were. I mean, it was also sometimes selected of like who I, who I can hang out with, um, or who I date. It was also handpicked. And so, uh, there was many, there's so many layers to this that no one really understood or could would ever see because I never spoke about it out loud. And um, when COVID happened was announced, that's when I was like, this is when I say enough. This is when I say no more. Um, and the first step of saying no was actually to my mom. And as much as I love my mom, she was literally, she was the backbone. She was the one that helped me stay well put together and helped me figure this out, figure this lifestyle and carried me through. But at some point you become a woman and you start figuring out your your own identity and saying no to her was the hardest thing I ever had to say to her. Uh, I mean, I grew up always saying yes. I'm the oldest of eight kids. And coming from that background, there's a lot of obedience that comes with being the oldest and forgiveness, forgiving your siblings if they do something wrong, um, having the expectations of always being on and never falling with your family or in the public eye because everyone's watching. Everyone's watching every move. So that's when I said, I'm done with this. I want to fall. I want to cry. I want to be imperfect. I don't want this perfect lifestyle. I want to just be human and just feel things and cry and get ugly with things. I don't want to always be on. Um, I mean, I've lived this career for so long since I could remember that I just wanted to, like I said, just be human and understand what that meant. All right, girl, we're going to go deep because everything you just said, there's a, you started off right with like you were the yes person. You would let people push you around. You would do songs or do things that didn't necessarily align. You were keeping it in. And then to go from that mm -hmm. to being the obedient daughter, the, you know, the eldest of A, that you had to be forgiving and all of these things to then saying to your record label to, you know, I no longer want to do these songs. These are the songs I want to do mm -hmm. to then say to your mom, no, to mm -hmm. actually stand up to your mom. Mm -hmm. I want to really go deep in that gap because okay. that's the gap. That's the gap that holds so many people back. And if you didn't make that one step, that two steps, that three steps to mm -hmm. then lead you to where you are today, you may have got stuck there. And that's where so much of my audience come from, where they want more. They know they've got these dreams, that yearning, yes. but they don't actually feel they have the confidence to get started. How did it feel where you felt like you had to stay silent? So take me through that feeling mm -hmm. and then what your internal dialogue was saying to you. So I... Wanted to become this pop star, superstar at 11 years old. And with that, I had parents who wanted to help me make these dreams come true. So, you know, they're just learning from uh, every other artist, they're how they start. And um, they wanted to help me create this perfect image that the industry portrays. So that came with knowing what to say, what not to say on camera. And that kind of crippled me because when I'm on camera, I don't know what to say, but I'm looking at someone behind the screen and they're like, say this and that. And I was like, oh, okay. Oh, can I do that again? And so I started 
not believing in myself in interviews. I hated interviews. Let me just say that. So me sitting here right now with you, girl, that is growth for me. (laughs) That says a whole lot. I would much rather sing than speak. And um, I found power in speaking when I went through this emotional roller coaster um that that is also my power um but yeah going back that back to that time it was little things that started in the way beginning that created this crippling thing of being in front of the media and how I carried myself and so it's just me being afraid to make a mistake me being afraid to say the wrong thing or sing the wrong thing imperfection was not allowed I was very soft, very timid, very scared, like I said, to make any mistakes. And it all kind of, like I said, it all kind of started from home. That's where it started. Um, It was at home. And then in the media, I was just so scared for the first time being 15, 14 years old, breaking through with this massive girl group. uh, I was okay with being silent. I was okay with the girls speaking up and taking over interviews. So my fans to this day, they're just like, oh my gosh, it's crazy to see and hear Dinah speak more now this time. And uh, I'm even shocked myself and I'm very proud of the girl I've become and not being afraid anymore and speaking my truth. Um, Not being afraid to say no. I mean, I got, I just got tired of it. I just said, this is so exhausting. Like, aren't you tired? Like I was putting people's words before mine or there I was just pleasing people all the time whether it was at home or at work or I I just got exhausted and I realized like you're not being true to yourself tell them you're not comfortable tell them you don't like that whether it's inside your head mm -hmm. and um the girl in me was just still too afraid to speak up because I was afraid to step on anybody's toes I didn't want to hurt anyone's feelings like I said that comes stems from home Mm. Um, whether it was the way I dress myself or the stylist would dress me, I would take that like, oh, I don't want to hurt their feelings, but I'm not comfortable in those pants. I'm not comfortable in that shirt. I would literally just let them dress me how they wanted. It was things like that, that I could still look back and be like, oh my gosh, I can finally say no. Like I did a show in Hawaii in March this year and uh, I was afraid to hurt the stylist's feelings. I was so afraid to hurt his feelings because he said, oh, I made this from scratch and this costume is going to be so nice on you. They're telling me how beautiful I looked, but I knew deep down inside. I did not feel good about what I was wearing for myself. And um, I sat in the bathroom and before even telling my manager, like, can you, I, I actually, I told him, like, can you go tell him that I don't like this outfit? And he's like, okay, I got you. So he's going to go tell him before he can even speak. That's when I say, you know what? No, we said enough of this habit to stop. This is where you stop it. Stay complete stop to this. So I opened the door before he opened up his mouth. And I was just like, actually respectfully, because you know, there's a respectful way to go about things. And I said, I am not comfortable in this. Do you have any other options? And I just like, whoo, that was like so heavy on my chest, but that felt so good. That just felt so good to just say, no, I don't like this. And he's like, yes, please be honest. So just that assurance of just being honest was like, okay, you're in the right place. Just do that. You're good. So it's such a beautiful way you've come right now. That story (laughs) is so amazing. Like I love, and I also love that you didn't just let your manager do it. Yeah. Right. Because that is an, also another step in your growth. Yes. And I, I, I don't think like I, if you were too tense to say it yourself, 
I think even that first step of I told my manager to tell them yeah. is still an amazing step. Mm-hmm. And so I really want people to know it's not that you have to then jump in the deep end, yeah. right? Like if you're trying to swim, you don't have to jump in the deep end. You can put your toe in the water. Then you can mm-hmm. go in the first step. Yeah. Then you can just stand in the water. Progress. Right, exactly. And <laughs> the progress. And so I think that that's really what it seems like you have done over these yeah. last like five to 10 years where mm-hmm. you've just, you've gone from growing up in this type of household where you just felt like you had to be a certain person then been thrown into let's say the basically the deep end mm-hmm. with sharks if you will yeah. um i assume in your industry yes. um where now you just have to survive and so your survival mechanisms jump in mm-hmm. and so and a lot of people at home that are listening their survival mechanism isn't necessarily the same as yours but we still all have those survival mechanisms mm-hmm. where you're in an environment that you don't necessarily feel emotionally safe to yeah. speak up yeah. you don't feel emotionally safe around your boss or around your partner if you don't feel safe if you don't if you feel like you're with a shark you're so worried about even cutting yourself and then they're going to you know bite you mm-hmm. that you're just trying to stay away from the danger the problem yeah. The problem is when you try to stay away from the danger, it happens exactly what you just said is you're totally silenced. Yeah. It hurts you more. Yeah. I mean, you're the one that's alone in these rooms and you're just like, why did you let that slide? Like, you're not happy. I'm the one suffering in the dark. And they're over there walking around happy without knowing that I'm suffering or or maybe they do. And they're just like, she'll deal with it. It's fine. Um, It was even to a point where when I was exhausted by, you know, people pleasing or taking care of others before myself. Um, It was to the point where I didn't want to invest my time and energy and a revolving only amongst my family and my friends. I'm very, very family oriented. So coming from a Polynesian background, being a woman of her oldest family and being young and having such a strong like mother figure who is like she has no she has no problem of telling you what it is back and forth and I wanted to be that at one point I wanted to be my mom I wanted to be a badass woman who knows what she wants who is confident in her choices I wanted to be her and she she was like no you need to be this just stay the quiet humble Dinah that we know you're good at that like be you that's what you've always been and so yeah I've been that but I wanted to be just like her okay have some type of backbone be that woman who sometimes falls but knows how to get back up on her own um I mean I've like I said I've always taken care of others and financially or emotionally I was always there for others but not myself um so putting my foot down on that was like, oh no, who is she? This is not who we recognize. You need to be that person that we know, mm. you know? So it was either amongst my friends or my family or just that, even alone, because they see the Romy. They were with me behind closed doors and knew who I was, the, the image that they loved to see. That's who I was to them. But when I was out in the real world and in the industry, I was gaining some balls basically like oh no I need to mesh my world and like put my foot down because they're not the ones out there on stage or performing in front of millions of people or releasing this certain craft um it's me it's all me it's all Dinah so who's going to suffer more are you going to continue to suffer or are you going to officially stand up for yourself and say I want this or I deserve this and change the verbiage of like I'm worth more I'm not that woman anymore So saying no was a very hard thing for me to do. 
So what were the steps once you knew that, once you knew you really wanted a, um, you wanted a change, you wanted to really let that voice out, you're in, that you're the person that is going out, doing these business deals, standing on stage in front of millions mm-hmm. of people. Did you change any habits in your day to day or did you literally just blur out the next time you saw your mom, the, the boundary? The boundary was me completely stopping. I knew that I said, I'm done. I don't want to do music no more. I completely like to even utter those words to my parents who have helped me. You know, I will give them the credit. Like they have helped me and have been there for me in my darkest moments before, like being in the group and traveling the world and whatnot, because this industry is not pretty. So they were there to carry me through, but um, they didn't understand that I was still unhappy uh, because I was, wasn't making my own choices, my own decisions. So passion wasn't really there. I felt robotic with things I was doing. Like I, I'm really good at putting a face that I'm happy. I'm really good at that. I mean, as a woman, I mean, we're all good at just saying, okay, yeah, sure. We'll go along with it. But really deep down inside, there are those inner demons that are catching up to you and telling you like, I'm catching up. When are you going to fix this? So uh me completely stopping was the best blessing the best eye opener I could ever do not only for myself but for my family to understand and accept that I'm becoming my own woman or that maybe these moments of me wanting to fall I want you to see that I want you to just accept that I'm becoming my own and just allow me to let me be let me do these things let me let me break um and not only did I have to do that for my family to see but in front of my fans they could see that I was very absent online or absent with my craft and my music, um, completely stopping with my mom and telling her that, or even within my label and telling them I'm not happy with what I'm releasing. I want this specific sound for my album, or this is my vision. I want to be myself. I want to be Polynesian, but being Polynesian wasn't popular. It was not popular. What was popular in these executive chairmen, they were saying that the vision was me being a Black Latina girl. Like, that's that's who you are. Like, you would win in those lanes. But it wasn't true to me. It wasn't true to my identity. It wasn't true to my lifestyle. And I just knew that it was this was completely wrong and out of place. So if no one's listening and no one's understanding the vision, if no one's understanding that I'm just a woman who's trying to figure herself out of like herself and wanting to become her own woman, then this means I need to just run. So I ran. I ran. I ran away from home. I didn't want to be home. I felt unwelcome because people felt like I was becoming someone else. They weren't accepting it. And so I was like, all right, well, where do I go? So I I jumped in a relationship that I didn't deserve, that I knew I didn't deserve like dimming myself for someone else is something I will never do to myself. Um, just There's just so many layers of my story that uh, I never thought that I'd have the courage to speak out loud about. And I was okay with suffering like with it by myself and not letting anyone know about it. Because um, I'm really good at that. And um, I have been my own friend this whole time. So picking myself up in those darkest moments and uh, being in a relationship that you know in your heart because a woman's intuition, you just know if someone's meant for you or not. And because I was going, I was running away from home, I felt like that's what I deserved. Isn't that weird, like ironic where because 
of all those things that I'm running away from work and I'm running away from family that I need to run to something that's going to break me even more um, emotionally and break me down as a woman, my dignity. And uh, it felt good. Isn't that weird? Can you explain that? Uh, dimming myself for someone else or just bringing myself down to their level of just fitting in with them kind of felt like, oh, I feel seen. Let me fit in. Let me, and, and at the same time, though, like I said, I wanted to be human and break and fall and cry and those things. And this person brought those things to life. What I wanted, what I said out loud happened. <laughs> so I got, I was broken and I wasn't happy, but I would have much rather been there than been at home and suffering with the people that I love most. And uh, being in a toxic relationship kind of, amplified this thing in me where eventually I just said, I don't deserve this either. Why did you run away from something like that where you're running basically into the same thing? Uh, very similar. Um, and um, it was a very troubled time, a turbulent time for me, but I felt like I had no one else. And so suffering in that environment was okay for me. Um, and I knew I didn't deserve that. I feel like no woman deserves to, no woman should ever bring themselves down just to make someone feel comfortable or make them feel like they're above you, just make them feel better about themselves. So um, the love that I've given to people and the love that I've sh shared with others, it was genuine. It was real. And um, I am never going to be that girl again. I don't think I could ever be that or ever serve myself that way because I know now my values Um and within that, I was hurting others in the process of being in this relationship or being running away from home. I've hurt others that didn't deserve that type of love. There are certain people that I knew, the type of love that I knew I deserved, uh, I was coming across within my journey of being in this relationship and family. And I knew that that's how a queen should be loved, but I didn't know how to accept it. I was okay with accepting the bare minimum. I was like, oh no, I, I'm, I'm cursed. Like, this is what I deserve. This is my karma because I said no to my mom and no to my no to work. And this is the type of uh, treatment I deserve. I needed I deserve this rather than being a queen and being treated of value. Um, if you own your own business, when an employee leaves your company, whether on good terms or bad, it can feel I hate to say it, but it actually can feel personal like you and you alone are the one to blame. And it actually may even trigger you to lock down your business, not open yourself up and not actually risk trying anyone else. Like you actually would your heart after a bad breakup and avoid looking for that new partner altogether. Well, let's face it, sometimes we can do that with highs as well. And trust me, guys, I've been there. I get the thought of bringing in a new stranger into your business actually fills your heart with more anxiety than it does love and joy. But when you post your jobs on LinkedIn, you can actually feel the confidence that you will find the right person for the right job fast because LinkedIn isn't actually just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion billion with a B professionals, which makes it the best place to hire because guys, it gives you access to professionals that you actually can't find anywhere else. And so LinkedIn does all that while making the process easy and intuitive, which then makes hiring with confidence easy when you have that many quality candidates. And it's so easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get qualified candidates within 24 hours. So post your jobs for free at linkedin.com slash 
Lisa. That's linkedin.com slash Lisa to post your job for utterly free. And of course, terms and conditions always apply. As an entrepreneur, one of the biggest challenges you will face is a negative voice in your head. You know who I'm talking about. That may be not so small part of you that loudly doubts your abilities to actually pull the things off and make a living from your passion project. But you've got to overcome that negative voice in your head, homie, because I'm telling you, you can do it especially if you use Shopify. Now, Shopify is an all-in-one global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From launching your business to hitting a million dollars, Shopify has got you completely covered. And with all the built-in Magic AI award-winning customer service and the internet's best converting checkout, you have everything you need to shut down the voice of doubt and make all your amazing business dreams a reality. That's exactly why, guys, I love Shopify. So if you want to start growing your business with more customers and sales, shut that negative voice down and prove her wrong that you can do it, Shopify is here for you. So go and sign up for just $1 a month with your trial period at shopify.com slash Lisa, all lowercase. Again, guys, you can go to shopify.com slash Lisa right now to grow your business, no matter where you are and what stage it's in. That's shopify.com slash Lisa. Do you mind um, talking about the relationship? And then how did you get yourself out of it? Because it haunts me, and this is why I show up every day and do this show. It haunts me that people will live that life for the rest of their lives. Mm -hmm. There's another story. I heard a woman, she was uh, like 55, and she came up to me in the street and she just started crying. And she said, Lisa, I've got four kids and I've been married for like 20, 30 years. I can't remember how long. And she said, I just thought I made my bed and I had to lie in it. And her husband was verbally and physically abusive and he would threaten to abuse the children if she was singing, dancing, like he tried to control her so much so that he would threaten to harm the children if she did anything. That's a true story. Yeah, true story. She came up to me and she literally started crying because she saw one of my episodes and she said, you started to make me believe I could have a different life. That was it. Just believe mm-hmm. that she could have a different life because she lit the words that came out of her mouth was I, I thought I made my bed so I had to lie in it. Me. So I <laughs> so that's why when you say that, like A, homie, you're not alone. And then B, any little nugget of gold that can help break someone else to for you, A, you're an amazing example. Mm-hmm. That anyone listening right now, they can change. They can actually believe that they deserve more. But what are those incremental steps for them to actually then not only hear it, but then believe it and then act on it? Well, this one was such a journey. Um I mean, like I said, I ran into a relationship that I knew I was I didn't deserve. And um, in the process of that, it was definitely verbal abuse. It was emotional abuse. Uh, I mean, my mother didn't like the person, so <laughs> I couldn't, I didn't know where to run to. Oh. Uh, they, It was a mutual thing of like, oh, well, you don't like her? Well, I'm going to, I like that she's here because now I can torture you. Like, I'm tor- tormenting my mom from the other side. She's like, you need to leave. You don't need to be in that relationship. So I think my family having a huge uh, say in any relationship that I was in kind of affected how I saw the person. I just felt like, oh my gosh, leave them alone. Like, it's okay. This person's broken and they need my help or they need me. 
Maybe this is one of my missions that they need my help to help them fix them. Uh, maybe he didn't see himself broken, but he was broken. And I, I was attracted to that. I'm, I'm attracted to fixing things. And uh, in the middle of trying to fix something, you also cut yourself in the midst of that and you don't recognize it. But you do realize in the process of that, you become a different woman. You start crumbling. You start losing layers of what makes you a strong woman, what makes you a powerful woman, a boss. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was okay with, uh, like I said, dimming my light or pulling back layers that made me feel very dominant uh, and allowed him to be the dominant. So red flag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it was just the way we carried, carried ourselves. Uh, the support was sometimes there, but I think I want to say there was a mistake. I don't want to say it out loud. There was a mistake that I made. And I felt like because I made that big mistake within our relationship, that was something I deserved. That was God. God, um, that was God punishing me for the incident that had happened between us. So I felt like, oh my gosh, this is what I deserve. And this is my curse. Yep. Yep. Uh, Those were not, that wasn't God. And that was my inner demons. That was not him at all because God would have said, you don't deserve this still. You need to walk away and get up and leave. There's much better out there. And you need to heal. You need to be on your own. I wasn't listening to those voices. I was listening to the other side. And uh, I stayed. I stayed. I stayed. I stayed. No matter how many times I was either being cheated on or verbally abused or uh, being accused many multiple times, uh, multiple times. I felt like, no, 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 I need to stay. Like, this is what I get, whatever. And uh, finally I got exhausted. I got tired of crying. I got tired of crying. I got tired of the the manipulation. Um, It was kind of uh, narcissistic, if that makes sense. Uh, He was that to me. I just felt like I couldn't get out of it. Um, And I will will say like, this wasn't the only relationship that kind of crippled me. There was many others before this that kind of, kept me still staying the same girl, uh, caring to a man, being a wifey material. I mean, I naturally have that to me. Being the oldest daughter, I'm a provider. And I love being that image to my siblings where I'm like, oh, no, I got it. I'll take care of you guys. Being that I can take care of you. Energy is what I carried within my relationships mm. in my journey. So being like a mom to these men was so wrong, that, that trait, uh, I didn't know how to allow a man to take care of me. I didn't know how to accept that. I mean, sometimes it was uh, brought upon my journey where there was a man that wanted to be that for me, but I didn't know how to say yes. Oh yeah, do it. I was okay with being the provider and being, no, I do that. You don't need to buy me nothing. You know, sometimes it's cool being a a dominant boss Mm -hmm. woman and everything. Yeah, I got my own money. I got my own this. You don't need to do nothing. Oh no, I give gifts. But this man started sending me gifts. And I was like, uh huh. This is new. You know what? That's what I need. That's I'm I'm always the one that's giving. I need to learn how to let it how to receive it. Um and the last one I was in, he didn't understand how to do that for me. Emotionally he was there because he understood I was running away from work and my mother, but not understanding that he needed to also value me within that he didn't know how to balance that. Uh so Eventually, I like I said, I got exhausted. I got tired of crying. And I said, as a woman, I mean, I said, I'm going to get even. That's how I handled that. Okay, really? I'm going to be real. Please I said, there. I'm going to get even. Okay. I love the fact 
I'm tired of crying. No more crying. How do you make this man feel like you? Put him in your shoes through the emotional damage that you're suffering with. Okay. And I said, no more crying. Make him cry. Make him understand. Be a mirror of him. So I started carrying myself like him just to show him like, this is what you do to me. You cry sometimes. And I'll be like, doesn't feel good, right? No. So stop. Don't do that to me. That was your way of taking your power back. Mm, That was me standing up. That was like a first step. Mm. Then going around people, going around uh, a massive crowd, uh, they would see me. And I didn't realize how beautiful I was. I mean, I was used to someone telling me, not even complimenting me. I would, my homegirls would compliment me. I would rarely get any compliments from him. So uh, I found my power when I was outside. And I said, this is when you, you don't like eyes on me. The eyes will instantly come on me once I walk out and show my confidence and show my beauty and embrace it and believe it. Keyword, mm-hmm. believe it. So once I, that was my get even, another part two, getting even when I'm outside in public and like, okay, people are saying, oh my gosh, what are you doing out here with this person? Like, you're too good for them. And I was like, oh my gosh, I would still be nice about it. Take it lightly. Uh, that was also something that I was like, aha, aha moment. Mm-hmm. There it is. Get home. Oh, he didn't like the attention I was getting or whatever. So part two, that was two. Number three was leaving. What led to me leaving was me getting back into this. I found music again. I said, you know what? Since I can't rent anything else, since I feel like I'm not safe with family, safe with this relationship, I think I still probably have a chance with this music and I could probably just start it again. I mean, I was still getting loved by my fans and people that recognize me in these like dingy places. Like I'm going to these little underground clubs and restaurants and I'm traveling places and I'm still thinking no one recognizes me. Once again, to these places, people are like, oh my gosh, it's Dinah J. They recognize me and I'm over here in a hoodie or I'm like having my hair all pulled back and I'm thinking people forgot about me. I thought people forgot about me. They don't remember Dinah Jane and just being recognized in those little moments and those little places. It kind of woke me up. Like, what are you doing? You have so much on your plate to do. You have so much power. There's a platform still that you can access easily with a snap of a finger and you're back out there and Voila, look at everyone. They need you. So I would have these moments to myself and listen to my music and the ones that are unreleased. And it kind of woke me up and said, girl, what are you doing? Get up, get up. I found my my strength again. I found my passion for music again. And that's where I found the strength to walk away from everything that didn't, that wasn't serving me right anymore. So once you find your power, once you find yourself of what makes me happy, that's when things that don't matter start fading away and at its own time. But um, I think going through that turbulent time, it was also God speaking to me like, oh, well, look at this. You gained so much wisdom. Like I said, I would not be sitting here right now with you if I did not have the courage to like, if it was three years ago, I would not be talking to you like this. Like I would just give you the cookie cutter stuff and be like, oh yeah, let's put on the face and tell you what I have planned out and da 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 da. But to be sitting here now on the, a couch with you and speaking of my story, I'm very proud of myself. I am so proud of myself to even have the courage to speak, courage to stand up and voice my story. Um, I lost a couple people on this journey, but then I gained them back in a different lens where we respect each other and love each other 
wholeheartedly in a different light where we're like, I love this new us. We needed to go through that time so we can find ourselves and understand that this is a new time and that those times were were bad habits, things that we needed to erase, learn and unlearn things. Um, like I said, growing up Polynesian, as a Polynesian woman, being in a household of many people, uh, I was used to muting myself or not being loud or not voicing my opinion. I had other people louder than me. So I'll just go with the flow. Mm. But now it's it's different. It's a different air in my household where we truly love each other and they respect my decisions and they love seeing the woman that I've become. And uh, there were a few attempts where my family wanted to do a family meeting. And in those meetings, uh, there was a lot of tears that were shed, a lot of I'm sorry's, a lot of things that I wanted to hear from my parents of saying, I'm sorry, owning up to things that they know that hurt me. Me exchanging that verbiage of saying, I'm sorry. The key one that I wanted to hear the most was, I just want to be your mom. I remember it like yesterday. No, I'm running away from my mom. And um, I got a phone call. I, I actually call her and I say, mom, there's some business stuff happening right now. And she's like, stop it. Don't even continue. She was like, where are you? I want you to come home. Come home. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just want my daughter back. I love you. Just come home to me. I'm, whatever it is, I, Dinah, I don't, I, I don't, I'll let go of it. I don't want to hold you too tight no more. I'm sorry. I, I, I saw, I saw things different uh, and I shouldn't have. And this is what pushed me away from you. And I'm so sorry. Please come home. Stop running from me. Stop running from me. And um, I just want to be your mom was what made this relationship so much stronger and um, made the little girl in me say, thank you, mom, for finally seeing the situation the way it should be seen. Uh, she was just so good at being a momager. I mean, she was so good at it. Much of my success goes to her because she made me the woman I am. But uh, just hearing that as from a parent's perspective and a daughter's perspective, we're still learning. My mom's young, so she's 44, 45, and um, she's learning, I'm learning, and it's just all about communication. Uh, I'm glad that we went through that time where she she opened up her eyes, I opened up mine. You know, sometimes we can be very stubborn and very prideful, like, no, this is the way it goes, <laughs> you know? And for her to finally accept that, I could not wait to race home and hug her and kiss her and tell her I love you because in those dark moments even though I was in this relationship I didn't deserve I knew that one day I was going to run to her and tell her mom you were right and I didn't want to tell her those things because of my pride yeah. I was like no mom I'm good like I got this I, I, I deserve this mom but going back to her and telling her like I love you so much and I never uttered the words I hate you because you're my blood, you're my mother. I will never utter those words. I hate my mother because you brought me into this life. You made me this strong woman that I am. You've given, you've guided me through this time of like self-discovery and finding myself uh, before I turned 23. And then 23 and on is when I was on it by myself trying to figure out who Dinah is. I mean, I delayed those times many times. I kind of delayed my entrance back into the industry because I felt like I wasn't ready. I felt like I didn't even have the right team at the time. I just felt like no one understood me or were hearing me. So that took time. 
to cultivate a, a team on your own. And um, they were handpicked. I selected people from back at home who were also Polynesian. And uh, why not go backwards and go to people who are, you know, go connect to your roots. Uh, you're in an industry where it's very filtered. And there's, I just felt like I was becoming like many other pop girls, like, which isn't bad. Like, yes. Homage to them. Mm -hmm. I love that for them. But I wanted to be different and be true to myself and bring my culture to the forefront. My music has so much, so many stories. Like I'm speaking of my grandmother, of how she prayed for this moment where I would be the superstar. My grandma was like, during my break, she kept telling me, when are you going to get back to work? <laughs> when are you going to sing again? I'm waiting. I'm how waiting. How did you feel She's about that fan. pressure? Uh, I told her grandma, I don't want to do it. Like, she didn't understand that. Uh, the pressure was there, but I just told them, no, in my own time, I will get up and do, and do it. So uh, the pressure was really difficult to kind of hold together. But I, I will say, I, I think I did a pretty good job for coming this far and learning a lot about myself and the people I surround myself with. Um, I'm surrounding myself now with winners, people who love to win, people who want to win, who have that drive and hunger of making a name for themselves or having something to stand for. I stand for my people. Mm. I stand for Polynesians. So I just did a video where I had thick, luscious looking Tahitian hair mm. where it was untamed. I'm always used to my hair being like, well, put together. She wants to be on sometimes. But I told the hairstylist, like, no, I don't want her to brush her out, comb her out. That's how Polynesian dancers look when they have their hair done. It's combed out, long, luscious, thick. And I do have that naturally. I have thick Polynesian hair. So within my image, I'm also trying to embrace that. Loving my curls, loving my color, loving my story, loving just being a curvy Polynesian woman. It's so unique and refreshing to bring this to my lifestyle in the music industry. Dude, thank you. <laughs> that was so freaking beautiful. And I felt like I was on like a whole like roller coaster ride with you as you were breaking that down. And what really stuck out to me in everything that you were saying, because I'm going to go back to everyone falls. Everybody falls. The problem is not everyone gets back up. Mm -hmm. And when you were metaphorically on your knees in this toxic relationship you didn't have your family to turn to where you felt like you you know had run away from them um you also had your culture which i know that um you had said i believe i pushed god away from me because i wanted to fall mm -hmm. and so you seem like you really were just trying to let go of everything suffering in this silence with this ex um who's now your ex and now in this whole transition that you just took me through what I started to hear was you started to build your confidence. Mm -hmm. And even though you made him cry, it was you taking your power back. Mm -hmm. And as you take your power back, one step at a time, it becomes the stacking bricks that then allows you to build your house that you live in now. Yes. And Amen. that's the one thing like I always think about is that to be able to leave that, to then be able to go to your mom and say, this didn't work. And then to be able to create the space and create the boundaries so that you and your mom could have this dynamic, have this open conversation, end up hearing what you want to hear. Because not everyone ends up hearing what they actually want to hear, right? Mm. But the fact that you did is just another thing that was so beautiful. But I don't think it would have happened if you hadn't built your confidence, mm -hmm. if you hadn't have spoken up, if you hadn't have put in boundaries with your family of saying, no, I don't want to do this anymore. 
And so while that heartbreak is that you fell, it almost became the catalyst that you needed to then build yourself back up again. It's like a rebirth. Yeah. Like the Um, phoenix. Yes. Yes. That is a great example. So I came across this quote. And it said, for a star to be born, there is one thing that must happen. A gaseous nebula must collapse. So collapse, crumble. This is not your destruction. This is your birth. Ooh, you just gave me chills. I mean, that very much applies to everything you were saying. Very much. Very much applies to me. Uh, And I feel that rebirth, like... Yes, I did have to, I had to fall and I wanted to fall. It's different if like you just fail because you couldn't keep up. But this, this fall was because I wanted to fall. I wanted to feel what rock bottom felt like. I, I mean, at, at this time too, in this very turbulent time, I felt like I wasn't doing enough. I mean, even before that, when I was living life to the fullest with the girls and, you know, traveling everywhere, winning, going to every award show, I just always felt like I wasn't doing enough for anyone back at home. Uh, because some people back at home who I thought had were my biggest supporters, not my immediate family, but others within my family, uh, they didn't really believe in me. They were waiting for me to fall. They they were so happy that I fell. They wanted their niece to fall. They wanted their this girl that they raised to to crumble because they didn't like seeing her win. I compared myself a lot to women, other women. I didn't like making many friends. I liked having my two friends, and that was it. Who have been my friends since like my childhood. But uh, breaking out of that habit, I just saw women as competition because of this relationship. And then I was like, this is so backwards. Mm -hmm. I am definitely a girl's girl. I am so a girl's girl. And how is it that you're over here comparing yourself to another beautiful woman? This is not right. You're in the wrong place. This this person doesn't love you. With the girls, I always found myself constantly comparing myself. It was just always in everything I was doing. I was not enough. Or you need to be like that person. Or how can you be like that girl to get attention? Um, he's looking at her, so look like her, like carry yourself that way. It's competition everywhere you go. I think it comes back to the confidence part though, mm -hmm. right? Is that if that happens when you don't have the confidence, it breaks you. If you see a beautiful person, that's going back to your family, right? Like when someone wants to see you fall, in my head, I just think it's a reflection of how they feel about themselves. Insecurities. Exactly. Is that your success mirrors the fact that they're not successful. Right. And so when you're not confident, it breaks you. When you're confident, you can see another beautiful woman go, oh my God, look at her boobs. Like they're great. Sorry, stare at your boobs. But like, oh, you got some good jugs right there. Um, but like, you can look and go, I admire that. Yes. Versus it makes me insecure about how I feel about myself. And that all comes back to your own worth. You even said it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I now know my worth. Yeah. And I think that, that it goes so freaking hand in hand. Yeah, amen to that. I mean, even just in this time of truly loving myself, accepting my figure was so hard for me. I mean, I was in denial that I was going a couple sizes up from what I was used to uh, because I was so, uh, I was depressed and running through, running away from everyone and wanting to be on my own. I noticed my figure was changing. So that caught up to me because of my emotions. Mm -hmm. So the emotions and the physicality was like, girl, 
something's wrong. <laughs> I mean, I almost didn't come back again too, like in the industry because I'm thick. I'm a thicker girl now. I was like, I don't know. I'm a little insecure, like da, 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 da. But no, I noticed that that's where my beauty is. And that's where my power is, is embracing my journey. Uh, I feel like celebrities, we live in like this yearbook thing where people like compare mm-hmm. our lifestyle. They're like, oh my gosh, this person back in 2014. And now like, look at the way they're at now. And I've always had that pressure, but I love that. I don't have to use that anymore. I've, I've shut that, that, part of me off where it is a journey and I want people I I I want people to accept that that I love me for me whatever it is whatever I'm giving whatever era I'm in Mm. so what happens if I assume or maybe I'm not maybe I'm incorrect I don't ever think that that always goes away that every so often that voice tries to seep into your consciousness and what do you do in those moments then when you start to feel that negative idea or voice in your head start to try and tell you otherwise I do my best to turn turn it off by like just lying to myself girl you're beautiful you look amazing to to, to push that down Mm -hmm. because that morning I felt gorgeous Mm -hmm. but then when I walk out later throughout the day it's wearing off my my confidence Mm -hmm. starts wearing off like oh my gosh because of one little thing that didn't sit right with me it kind of ruined the rest of my day. Um, so I try to remember like how I woke up that morning. Okay. How did you feel that morning? Come back to it. What, what, what does it take to go back to that? Listening to a song that could probably bring my, my confidence back to get through these press days or make sure I feel great about myself regardless. Um, and just, yeah, I think that there's power in that, like playing a song or reverting back to that morning of how you woke up that confidence that you woke up with. Yeah. I find love her that. again. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recess lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Music is so freaking powerful oh to my do gosh. that. Like, honestly, I've just been listening to your music nonstop, <laughs> knowing that you were going to come on this show. And it was just like, it's so, it really does like um, pattern interrupt mm-hmm. what you might be having right in that moment of the negative thoughts coming in. Because I don't ever think of myself as how do I get to perfect? How do I get to permanently shut off that that voice in my head? I've tried for 44 years. It That's hasn't happened yet. To, exactly. Yeah. So I like, you just got to lie to yourself. So yeah, like- yeah, yeah, yeah. But if if that works, why not, right? I'm so all about the tactics and tools that we can use in those moments. Mm -hmm. It's so freaking important for us to then get back to the person we want to be. And I heard recently a definition of integrity. Mm -hmm. And it was when you're the voice in your head, the words coming out of your mouth and your actions all align. Amen to that. I believe in that. So I was like, that is really powerful way of thinking. Am I living in integrity? Am I like, because I love having like a North Star, like when those moments happen, revert back to Mm -hmm. your North Star. Mm -hmm. So that like uh, definition of integrity really hit me because I was like, oh, okay, how do I, if I have to lie to myself, at least that's the voice in my head, right? So it's like, you're beautiful. Okay. What do I say to myself when I walk past the mirror? (laughs) Yeah. Because the amount of times I didn't even realize like bad habits that are so ingrained in you, they don't even realize 
realize you're doing, the amount of times I would just walk past a mirror without even realizing it and insult myself. And it wasn't until I had a guest on the show, it was like a psychologist. And she's like, just take inventory. So I was like, okay, just for a week. And I was like, oh my God, I'm a bully in my own head. Right. You are your own monster. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think that's a, just a trait that us women have probably. I mean, like I said, we're not feeling enough or feeling beautiful enough or being the ideal beauty mm-hmm. in a public eye. Um, I think that's something that we can always be always a voice that we always have in the back of our head. But the truth in it is to build your confidence and keep that beauty alive is just. I think for me, it's music. It really is what I create. Mm. Um, I know that's where my power is. Or even finding, coming across quotes just as this, as I found, like that kind of boosted my my confidence just now. It woke me up like, girl, you're in the right place at the right time. Or even speaking to God. Mm. During those times when I push God away, uh, I now, I mean, being a Latter-day Saint, a church member, um, there's like a certain way to pray it's like dear heavenly father and then you thank him for everything then you say what you want then you say amen but then i found my own type of piece of talking to god singing to him like there was a time i was driving in a car and i was like in like in no man's land by myself with no gas and i'm like oh my gosh where's the next station like if i don't find this next station i am going to end up on this road by myself asking for help in the middle of nowhere in a desert by myself who is going to help me and i'm just driving i'm like please god if you can get me here i'm just like having fun with it and just talking to god and what do you know i got there right on time when it hit oh you only have two miles left okay so god got me through those moments and just finding how to communicate to him and helping having his help and finding my voice and beauty again or just having that assurance that you're okay you're more than okay get out of your head get out of your head so well your music is just fantastic i actually wrote down some of your lyrics of okay. one of your songs um heard it all before because i yes. th- i was like this is a song i needed when i was younger okay. and in a relationship <laughs> where i kept going back to the guy oh. who was emotionally abusive to me and um the song's so good i was like i don't know what lyrics to pull like the whole freaking song is great but i just Thank pulled some you. said you care for me care for me but you wasn't there for me there for me now you're trying to beg for me beg for me but it's too late for sorries no ifs ands or buts and if you want a second chance i doubt it don't waste your breath i'm out of here scouting yeah you the reason that i'm Audi because i heard it all before can't live without me yeah i heard it all before go you you're all i need boy i heard it all before little bitch, <laughs> little bitch yeah. that's how i end it because <laughs> i heard it all before can't live without me yeah i heard it all before girl you all i need Boy, I heard it all before. Save your energy for the next bitch. Cause she just say me. I like You could rap that. Oh my god. If I wasn't married, I would propose to you right oh now. My- like <laughs> I'm just saying. My, my rendition was not very great. Um But there's nice. so much power in words. Mm-hmm. There's so much power in music. And so even you saying you singing to God, 
Like it made me think about A, <laughs> how you're building that power within yourself. Mm-hmm. B, it's your own creative outlet. And then C, it's speaking to someone that you very much look up to as helping you be powerful. Yes. And so as when therapy. Yeah. Literally. Anything, anytime I walk into the studio, I feel like I always want to make, create music of something that relates to me or something I'm going through. So I always kept a journal beside me and I was like, okay, what do I feel like talking about? Oh, I forgot mm-hmm. that happened to me. Mm-hmm. I'm really good at burying my emotions and not bringing them back to life. So I heard it all before. It was one of those where I was like, I want to talk about this one relationship where I wasted three years on this man mm-hmm. that I did not deserve. And uh, it's therapy, not only for me, but I noticed for the listeners that they also relate to it. Maybe that's why it's so powerful. I mean, I've heard so many times that I heard it all before is a lot of people's favorite song, men or women. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, like I said, like, yeah, it is powerful. So knowing my power, I'm taking that with me and not taking it so lightly that there's messages to carry within your music. Um, and now I have that power because I'm doing this independently. So I love- there are no, there are no wrongs. There is no wrong, there are no mistakes I can make. There's no pressure. You could just literally be unabashedly yourself. And if you fall, you fall, girl, you know how to get back up again. I'm not going to cry about it. I've already been there. Not crying about it. Get back up. And what can I do next? That's so so powerful, especially from where we started this interview, where you were saying about, you know, you were 15 and you had no power and you're just listening to everybody. To be able to hear you say that is so freaking amazing. I really want everyone to like... Let that sink in that even if they don't believe it's possible, it freaking is. Oh, and you've definitely. been just such an example of that. Um, and then going back to your craft, like I think a lot of us don't necessarily even identify what that was because that was like metaphorically being an hour of us when we were like, why are you wasting time with that? So coming from a Greek family, yeah. um, I love to draw. And my dad was just like, are you going to be a doctor? Are you going to be a lawyer? Up until you get married, of course. And then he wants me to retire and just have kids. Yes. But it was like, <laughs> what are you going to do in the meantime? And so... The, the idea of drawing or singing mm-hmm. or dancing or some form of expression, we don't necessarily lean into much. Um, and so urging people to just start that again, mm-hmm. I think it can be really beautiful. And knowing that that was a part of your journey and healing is yeah. so empowering. And then you Thank actually you. said that you journal. Do you still journal? I did. I started it up again. That's, oh, so you stopped. I started it up again. I stopped. When I stopped doing music, I also stopped journaling. Oh, wow. And if I did journal, it would be like two days of the year. That I would like, okay, so this is what happened today, or like, this is what I'm feeling. Yeah. Uh, and, but then I'm also really good at taking pictures and taking videos. I'm love living in the moment, but also capturing it. So that's kind of like my journal. And I'm like, oh, that's where I was a year ago. Or that's where I was, it happened a few months ago. Um, I feel like I feel healed, but I'm still healing from certain things. I'd actually love to jump in and ask you mm-hmm. a question. So you're saying about your journaling. Why is it that when we fall, that's the time we stop doing the things that we actually need. What do you think is happening in those moments where we retreat so much that we stop doing the things that probably need to get out? Uh, I mean, it was eating. <laughs> I love food. So, <laughs> but Is it like then um, pushing back your emotions? Like, I don't actually want to address them. Mm-hmm. I don't even want to see them. I don't want to think them, let alone see them and write them. So let me distract myself with food. Yeah, let me distract myself with food or just be outside and just you mean drinking was probably not the smart thing to do was you know that's what I how I handled my emotions um just lashing out and just going out and getting drunk and faded and I felt like that was one way of handling it um and yeah it probably wasn't the best thing to do but uh journaling was like a huge 
thing that I used to do. I used to love updating my journal, like little things. I mean, I still have the journal where I drew a VMA, uh, an, a VMA oh. award in my journal. I was like, one day I'm going to get a VMA awards. And it happened in 2016. Oh so. <laughs> The power of manifestation and just, you know, even just doodling those times or uh, expressing yourself during those times. And I love journaling. I love getting in there and updating myself and saying like, okay, so this happened or mentioning interviews that I've had or uh, people that made my day or something that I saw. Like I came across uh, someone in need off of the street and giving them just something like acknowledging those little things. Maybe my kids would love to hear those things one day kids that's not gonna happen for a while but <laughs> well actually i'm curious to ask what is now on your vision board so you already got the vma who needs that anymore or maybe you want another one but what is that now that you feel like you're working towards and how powerful do you think that is to envision what your future looks like i think um sustaining that oh she's the first polynesian in this and that uh mm. having my own lane i have so much that i want to build and um i'm building a, a label for not only myself, but for my, for the next generation. I want to open up those doors for the kids who have dreams. Um, and I want their parents to believe that this is possible for a girl like me from this little city, Santa Ana, California, and from her families are from, from Tonga or from the Pacific Islands. If she could dream this big and make it happen, it can happen for any other Polynesian kid. We're just so talented. Um, and I just want to bring that to life more, not only in sports, but in the music field. Um, I've always felt like I was kind of running this alone as, in the mainstream world for a pop Polynesian girl. And uh, I just hope to only keep inspiring them and open doors for for them in my career. Mm. Um, I just want to release music that still speaks to me. They feel so timeless to me that I know that it will definitely impact someone else and get them through their journey. Uh, there's just so many chapters of my life that I'm embracing within my music. Um, and I just want to build businesses. I don't only want to, I know music isn't my only thing. It's not my only niche. There's so much more to me. I love being a businesswoman. I want to own my own things. I want to own my own businesses and run things and be a part of everything. I want to be a part of the process and just build, build, build. And whatever, whatever that takes, I will do it. So, um, except I, for lowering your self worth and dimming your light. Lower, girl, yes. <laughs> Say that again. Retweet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's just so much that I want to do. Like maybe even still to win a Grammy one of these days, and still be a part of history with the greats, the greatest of the greats, and um, just and also release music. Still continue to release music that speaks to me, that is real and authentic. I love that. And then being the example, because there's a younger you out there right mm -hmm. now, not feeling like she's worthy, not feeling like she's got a voice, not feeling like she can speak up. And it is very I mean, hard. it was also my sister. I have a younger sister. So I felt like I saw a piece of myself in her. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I need to break this habit that's going on in her household so that it doesn't affect her. I didn't want it to um, cripple her. May it only cripple me. Being the oldest, you know, we're breaking these generational curses. But um, I'm in that place now where she understands that like, now she has the freedom now to just be unabashedly herself um, and say out loud what her dreams are and aspirations are and nothing's wrong. So 
I love this place that I'm at. Like I said, like you said, uh, there's another girl, a little younger girl version of me out there somewhere. And I just hope through me speaking about my journey that it definitely not only helps her, but helps the women in her life who are her leaders right now, that they understand her in a different lens, their daughter through a different lens. Girl, this has been such a freaking pleasure to talk to you. Where can people find you and all the amazing music that you're doing and like following up on? Because we're all going to be tracking now that we, you know, you said what you're going to be up to. So Um, you can just find me anywhere. It's Dinah Jane, D-I-N-A-H-J-A-N-E on all platforms. I'm not that hard to find. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.